Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is The Material Podcast, episode number 403. I am your host, Florence Ion. I am joined here by my co-host, Andy Anako. Hi, Andy. Hey there, either who there? Andy, I'm under the weather, as they say. <laughs> At least but let me tell you... You are under, under the weather, but on the podcast, which is all that we are praying for. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was going to say... Good for you. Because Thank you. This week uh, started out very stormy here in California, and then today I was trying to like take a sick day, but um, by 9.30 a.m., all the songbirds were just in like full chorus outside my window <laughs> because for now it's springtime, I guess, where I am. Um, it, it was very hard for me to just like want to sit in bed and nap <laughs> because it was too loud. The songbirds were just singing away. I tried to take some video just of like to record the the songs coming in from outside. And I was struck by how loud they sounded just for me, like laying in my bed far away from the screen door. Um, that's all to say it is nice to hear the birds. <laughs> they are you, beautiful. Do you have the Merlin app on your phone? The one that uh, identifies birds by a bird song? No. Thank you for bringing that up because I was actually thinking about that today when I was making the recording. Yeah. I was like, oh, huh, I wonder if I can, you know, strip this, strip the audio from this and like put it into, you know, some AI generator. Um, yeah. Can I tell you about something exciting that I'm getting in? Ooh. I hope it's not pickleball. I'll, I'll support you, but I'll, I'll have to feign my, my interest. No, funny okay. enough, pickleball is apparently a thing happening in LA. It's happening everywhere. <laughs> it's happening everywhere, Flo. <laughs> it's like I don't it, know what it is with pickleball. I don't know either. It, it is the most American thing ever. It's like okay, so a bunch of years ago, a bunch of people on vacation said, "Hey, let's you know." Tennis, it's a little bit too stressful, a little bit too competitive, a little bit too high impact. We just want to be friends and like batting the ball around and having some fun. So let's invent this thing. And then America, first reaction is going to be, oh, that is fun. We enjoy playing it. But three years later, maybe this, it has to immediately become, there must be a way to turn this into a profitable professional league and business. <laughs> and then you'll have of people course, throwing up. the American way. I, to hell with volleying. I can dominate. Look, I'm, the, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a 62-year-old playing with 72-year-olds. I'm a, like, oh, please don't, please don't play pickleball seriously. Just enjoy a nice day out, some exercise, and just beep, 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 beep. It's like, it's like, it's like the difference between uh, I won't say I won't say it. I'm just saying that I'm sick. I'm sick and tired of everybody talking about pickleball and how their fights breaking out because tennis players and pickleball players. Uh, sorry. No, that's okay. Listen, I think it was a perfect little digression to do because I have been hearing a lot about pickleball from like the LA based podcast I listen to, which is making me think that this is just like a fad happening in um, you know rich America. I'm just gonna call it. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, speaking of being rich, so. As I was teasing before I lower digression, I'm getting something fun in. And I wasn't planning on talking about this on the podcast, but I'm going to mention it briefly. And then when I get it in, I'll talk about it more. But uh, when I was at CES, I got introduced to, uh, actually before CES, I got introduced to a bird feeder with a camera inside of it called the Bird Buddy. I've seen it. So I have been in contact with the company about getting <laughs> a unit in for review. 
and I am just super excited <laughs> because because of all the songbirds outside my window today made me realize that this is exactly the season that I should be putting something like this out in the backyard. And I I hope that it will be fruitful. I hope that I will I will meet some of the species that live in my backyard. I've actually been seeing some new bird species out around today that haven't been around all winter. So it definitely definitely feels mm. like uh that forest scene from uh Sleeping Beauty, the original <laughs> Sleeping Beauty cartoon. You know, where she's outside and the birds are helping her walk and get dressed and stuff, you know. That'll be subjugating me. them to to her will and her agenda. I mean, listen, <laughs> if these birds can help me break down boxes and send product back to the companies, all for it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Techno did a review of that, and he was having problems getting, like, it, it, uh, apparently birds were coming and going all day long, but it was barely capped. It was barely taking any pictures, and so I kind of had to suggest, well, you've got squirrels in the backyard. Maybe they're like disabling the security camera and, and pulling off a heist. Well, it does. It does capture and recognize squirrels because they are a common, you know buddy to come up to a bird feeder and see, you know, they like the peanuts in the bird feeder, right? Of course. You put peanuts in some bird feeds. Um, and I, I get it. Like I understand, but squirrels and I, I don't, I don't like to talk about it publicly because we don't okay. get along. Okay. I, I respect that. They, the, the, the only, the only thing that gets up my nose is when you see people who are like, uh, they, 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 it's, it's like, uh, it's like the people who like want to give money to people in need, but then say, now you're not going to spend this on drugs or alcohol oh God, are you, or anything it. I don't approve don't of. Do it's that. like, if you fill a bird feeder with seed, what you're saying is, Hey, backyard critters come anything you, wh- whoever wants seed, here is some seed for you. Exactly. I'm not going to yes. say that you shouldn't be outside saying, Oh no, 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 no. This is only for the birds. This isn't for the squirrels. This is what, this is, this is one of the reasons why I respect the squirrels because they have, they are not going to tolerate any of that BS. They're going to say, you know what? We are going to democratize this feeder for everybody. We are going to not only help ourselves, but we're going <laughs> to like shake it, it so that, yeah, exactly. They are, they are, they are, are saying, saying squirrels are anarchar- anarchists, not, anar- <laughs> not they're fighters for democracy. They're saying everybody okay. should, you know, I, yes, I, I know that this is your intent, but you know, you can't do that. That's not right. And you know, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to let some of these seeds fall to the ground and perhaps germinate as they are supposed to. That's the thing is mankind what they do. does not does not control the elements does not control nature and every time a squirrel manages to defeat some sort of fascist uh, fascist barrier that someone has put up to basically make this an exclusive elitist sort of backyard feeding mechanism they are fighting the fight for all of us and that's why I salute the squirrels there I've said my piece I'm really going to feel like a nimby saying this but i really can't stand the squirrels when they hop onto the bird feeder and they proceed to swing and swing and swing because we have you know those we have a <laughs> like an awning right now which sure. needs to come down but that's where we hang several different bird feeders because we have many species in the backyard we live at the top of a hill um we also have hawks by the way mm. the hawks don't eat from the bird feeder <laughs> they, <laughs> they eat they... from the ground <laughs> Um, it, but yeah, they'll do like this heavy swinging mechanism. And then a couple of times they've actually 
made the bird feeder like fall off because of the weight of their bodies, because they're a little more dense than the birds that come True. around. And so that's a, that upsets me, but I understand that makes me sound very nimby because I basically sound like the person, I sound like the kind of person who puts up those metal corners on railings so that skateboarders and rollerbladers can't like do tricks. Right. <laughs> that's what I feel like right now, which is not me on the inside. Like, I think you should just let them skate. Um, wow. I, I didn't realize Andy was going to turn this on me. Now I really am like rethinking the squirrels and the way that I feel about them. I'm just saying, check your backyard critter privilege. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of checking things, have you been checking the leaks lately? Apparently Google hasn't. Yes. (laughs) I bet you they've been checking. It's almost traditional, isn't it? (laughs) Um, I was going to ask you, do you remember last year being this revelatory before Google I.O.? Or is it just that I've been living in a funk since the pandemic started and I don't remember anything? <laughs> well, I feel yeah, like... I mean, just remember that uh, like when when Google did their big redesign of the Pixel 6, somebody had full renders of it uh, oh, like yeah, in the right. spring. Uh, the, Pixel, the only surprise about the Pixel Watch was that, oh, we've, we've seen full renders of it and full specs on it. We were expecting it to be released on X date. We're surprised that it's being held for the for the debut of the Pixel 7, right. but okay. So yeah, it's like, it's at this, and wasn't there, yikes. I think I think there was a, a Pixel tablet that actually landed on, I'm trying to figure out whether it was just photos of a functioning tablet or whether someone actually had like a prototype or an engineering sample for sale. Something big was wound up on on an auction site or on Facebook Marketplace. I think. Oh, you mean last year? Fairly recently, yes. it would have been late last. Yes, year. Yes, we talked about it. I, I I vaguely recall us talking about this thing that showed up randomly because I'm thinking about there was another prototype that went for sale this week, which was for the seven A, the Pixel Seven A, which is supposedly the next release, the next hardware release from Google. And supposedly, I mean, it it tracks with the timeline of the way that the hardware has been releasing the last couple of generations. I feel really inundated by all this news, even though I'm having trouble. It's not that I don't trust the sources, but obviously I have to have an air of skepticism about these things because they're coming from like, you know, supply chain leaks and they're coming from, you know, Overseas, where I'm not familiar with the leakers, right? I'm coming at this from a U.S. perspective. But apparently, Pixel 7a already in the pipeline. Somebody, a Vietnamese tech site, news site, they have already like posted hands-ons with the hardware, although Google apparently remotely locked it up, so <laughs> you can't actually boot it. Um, we have an apparent pixel fold that apparently jumped through the FCC recently, but we also don't know if that's the fold or the seven a we are though talking about this fold as if it exists already. And we already have details about like how it's going to be in sizing compared to the Samsung Z fold and (laughs) you know what, what it's going to, you know, how it's going to be shorter than Samsung, so it's not as narrower, and nothing, the battery is going to be bigger. Nothing it's is like, as nothing is as amusing to me as hot takes and how disappointed people are with 
a piece of hardware that has not been released and not re- announced, but they it's are going to review it based on what they've heard about. Oh man, another another deep deep fail for Google as the it's like okay, but wait, you haven't even. <laughs> you haven't even you touched it. You don't even know this is the real thing. All, you're reacting to a render. You're saying, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, a render that was paid for by another site that is just going off of stuff. That, literally, if we really want to put a anecdote to it, I would say that this is just like the Bible. <laughs> because the Bible had, what, 44 authors? There you go. <laughs> and so when these renders get to... To me, they've already had like 44 authors on them. So, <laughs> also, yeah, but you you would hope that it would have at least as as good uh, uh, as strong an editorial policy as the Bible because it's like, <laughs> hey, hey, boss, what, stop the presses. That. We can go to press. We have a firsthand account of the life of of, of like what Jesus was like as a Messiah. Said, wow, what, what what's your source? An actual apostle. And then the editor said, wow, that's great. But, you know, just going on one, I would like to get it from at least three different apostles, four if we could. And did it, and darn it, they held up publication until they got four apostles, that's fair. four different accounts, and they published all of them saying, you know what? You compare the two to see the four, to see what the different perspectives were. So, yeah, yes. if it, all I'm at, so all I'm asking of the tech press is that they be just as diligent as one of the Christ's hand-chosen apostles and the princes of the Catholic Church, that's I'm so the, glad I brought that's up the minimum standard. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, it's, this is no, this was a perfect anecdote. Uh, I know we talk a lot about religion here, but <laughs> listen, it's Andy and I have a shared experience in this realm, so we we understand it. Um, I, speaking of of tablets, by the way denoted by God, where is this pixel tablet? Because <laughs> we're, we're at the end of the first quarter, right? Yeah. We're like nearing the end. Where is it? Mm, yeah. I don't think they're going to make it. <laughs> I think, I think, I think there was a chance of them making it like when they were talking about it and they said, Oh, it turns out that we, we can't, turns out that we are a code red on artificial intelligence. So, well, <laughs> do you it's think that ship- that's what's delaying them a little bit? I, I think that a lot of people got pulled off of a lot of projects. I don't, I don't think that it that's torpedoing the project. I think it's the difference between, okay, well, you know, we're going to have to like ship it maybe like the last couple of weeks of the quarter, but I think, no, I, I, uh, I I think that we're definitely going to make it. We're going to, yeah, it turns out that we need this team of engineers to, who has overlapping responsibilities to work on this other thing first, because we are leaders leaders in the ai space and we we have an opportunity to provoke that oh god we're doomed oh god we're doomed we're so doomed this feels like today's episode yes i was gonna say this feels like a good time for us to just quickly briefly summarize what it is that we're gonna get into which of course is all the the ai hubbub that happened this week between microsoft and google they both had basically competing announcements uh we will go over google's announcements as related to google workspace but what that basically means is you're gonna have a lot more artificial help when it comes to documents at work so that's gonna be interesting we're also going to talk about a story that I was a little reticent to cover this week because I kind of just felt like people didn't, we already know this, but 
apparently we've rediscovered that the space zoom moon shooting capabilities of the Samsung flagships are not as, let's say, accurate as the marketing would have them be, which is a, a fair. We will talk about that and sort of how that all came to be. Um, and then I think, Andy, we're going to end up ending this episode with me on a soapbox about how YouTube TV now costs too much. <laughs> An excellent soapbox. I'm paying for cable. <laughs> paying for cable. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, should we take okay, a quick but, little but, break? But, okay, but at least it's a it's a, it's a a Cat 6 cable. It's not a coax. Yes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. In fair principle. Enough, fair enough. That's a, that's fair a step enough, up. Fair enough. Well, okay, let's take a quick break. I'm going to compose myself when we get back. We're going to talk a little bit about AI. Well, Google Docs and Microsoft Office have long been in competition since they've both been on the market. But oh my God, did it come to a head this week. (laughs) Not only did we have a big to-do from Google about all the AI features it's going to be infusing into its workspace offerings, But today, we also had an AI event from Microsoft talking about how it's going to infuse AI and, I guess, ChatGPT into Microsoft Office and Office 365. It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't want to get into the Microsoft things, A, because this is a Google podcast, and B, that's like a whole thing that I have not touched at all. But the Google stuff is interesting at the very least because it reminds me a lot of what I use stuff like Grammarly for. And so when you think about it from that perspective, it feels a little easier to swallow Mm. than, you know, a chat GPT, let me write an email for you situation. So this week, Google announced a bunch of new AI-powered tools that's coming to Google Workspace, Meet, and Gmail. They are coming soon. But... um, But not as soon as you might think, because Google will say this about a lot of things that it's working on. It'll say it's coming soon, and then it'll be like six to eight months. Air quotes soon, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. It means they're working on it. It means there is a team that is doing a scrum, whatever they call it. (laughs) They're they're working on this. And I'm sure that they are, because after hearing that Microsoft was going to be infusing this stuff into, you know, I would guess that you don't even need to hear it. You would just guess that Microsoft would do that because <laughs> Office is such an integral part of the Microsoft like suite of things. Yeah. So I'm sure somebody at Google was like, we should probably move really fast on this. <laughs> like now. <laughs> um, the company has said that some trusted testers, quote unquote, would be the first to receive access to these AI features this month and that they would be making them available to the general public later in the year, sometime this year. Maybe, possibly, hopefully. First quarter, <laughs> pixel tablet. <Yeah. laughs> exactly. <laughs> For certain definitions of the word quarter. <laughs> um, quarter century, I... still still in there with plenty of time. <laughs> oh, God. Just wait until that happens. Um, I think the first thing actually sounds quite interesting to me, but it is going to level a little bit on the, oh, that's right, Gmail reads your email, which is that uh, Google will basically be able to spit out TLDR of your business documents and your emails, as well as any transcripts you might have of live meetings. And I do think this is going to be very helpful for a mass of people who are using Google Docs or Google Workspace within their organizations. Like I could even see myself using this. Yeah. But I do hope that there's a way that I could turn this off because in some instances, you want to go back and edit your own notes. 
Right. Well, that's I think that's I think that's really good because now uh, we mentioned that uh, Microsoft had uh, an announcement of the same kind. I think they were the Microsoft announcement was a lot meatier than this. This was yeah. a, a blog post and a couple of canned videos. They weren't even necessarily what you what you would call demos. They were they seem to be here is a mock-up of what we think First. these interactions are going to be <laughs> yeah, exactly are going to be like and a lot of it is just i would almost call it even beguiling to people who work in an office uh, office situation i mean one of the one of the crown jewels of the demonstration was uh a google meet meeting in which you've got you know usual like five or six people who are right. talking uh, having a, a meeting and in a little helper window on the side uh uh, and AI is not just transcribing the meeting, but also summarizing the meeting as it's going on to say that here is what's, what was discussed. Here is what like, here is what Flo was talking about. Uh, and then uh, Andy raised an objection saying that squirrels are actually almost like the freedom fighters of the backyard. Uh, they agree to later on figure out whether or not this is they need to get a new uh that the flow should get a new uh a new bird a bird feeder with actual <laughs> to-do lists and schedules actually being built on the fly uh th- things like here is an email chain of we've been discussing for three or four weeks or five weeks or <laughs> five months uh the best mm. way that we should that flow and i should do bonus episodes and so now you've got this long long email chain and it's one thing to summarize it. It's another thing to turn that, not only summarize it, but saying, here's what Florence was talking about. Here's what Andy was talking about. Here's what they agreed to. Here's a schedule, a timetable roughly of what they wanted to do and when they wanted to do it. So if we then wanted to uh, basically share with uh, share with uh, Relay.fm's mothership exactly like what we had discussed and how we're going to move on this, essentially that would be <laughs> – bring up a window ask uh, google docs to uh, ask gmail say hey can you summarize like this email to this whole email chain it will create a doc and then of course you can edit it so that, that was so there's a lot of good magic there but the other part of it to to address what you're talking about is that um i got the impression that at least in terms of like an overall aesthetic shall we say uh-huh. that they're not uh-huh. saying that oh well by the way you will <laughs> you will be you will log back into your google account and find that elves have done things with your data while you're away it's more like there is an assistant by your side you ask it to do things it shows you drafts of what it uh what it gave what it, how it responded to your request and you then interact with that. So as opposed to automatically respond to all my emails with something that sounds friendly, it's more like, hey, I'm, I need to do a job description. For, I need to do a job posting for this job. And we'll say, okay, well, here's a first cut at it. And then you basically edit it yourself or approve of it or ask for changes or whatever. So it's, it doesn't seem as though they're saying, uh, here are the, the following eight people in your staff can now be fired. Like, no, you're, you're still going to have to do like a lot of your correspondence yourself uh, because we're not saying a lot, a lot of it kind of short circuits a lot of the fear of like chat GPT and, uh, and my, what Microsoft's been doing. Cause it's not, uh, it's not publish something without looking at it. It's more like, I'm going to take the data that you give me and based on the data that you give me, I'm going to create a summary that's based entirely on the data you have given me where I'm not going to go out on the internet and make guesses based on what this job should entail. If you ask me for a job listing, I'm going to use like your own emails that you've given me access to about what this description should be like, who you're going to be reporting to, what the salary is going to be like, you know, so that's, it's, it's interesting, but again, it was very much, uh, more like a proposal than like a live demo by far. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good way of summarizing it. Just a proposal for like what Google Docs will be helping you with. I do look forward to stuff like this because I mentioned Grammarly earlier. I've been paying for Grammarly for years. And, you know, in the beginning, I felt a little bit like I was cheating. But as the years have gone by and I've been using it, I realized that it's actually helped me become a better writer because I am I learn more about grammar watching the way it was correcting me, which I didn't really learn from from editing beforehand because I I wasn't reading the inside, you know, of my editor's minds to like understand why something was being changed. Um, and so I've become a slightly better writer, but also it's helping me because I got to tell you guys, it's really tiring living. <laughs> okay. Like, I, will, I will co-sign that. <laughs> it's the, uh, how should I, how should I say this? The, um, the push and pull of this is the push and pull. What am I trying to say? The, the good and the bad of this is that the good is that it, it can help you when your brain is very tired hmm. and you still have work to do. The bad is that, this is this was created probably to help with people who are very tired <laughs> and need help, but it was created to sort of help people continue producing, <laughs> right? Um, it, which is problematic and just in the nature, the whole nature of you know we should like stop if our brains are not able to do it. You know we should like feel like we can sit down and and rest. But at the same time, I like the idea of having some help on those days where I am feeling like a zombie. Like I have a deadline, you know, we need to put up a job posting or something and, you know, an editor gets the task put on them to write the job posting. And so maybe having this help would be a little easier for them. And they're already like very packed schedule and all the other to do's that they have to do. So it's like there's pros and cons to it. And, you know. Yeah, it's it seemed as though it was a lot. A lot of it was really focused on. Uh, opening an outsider's eyes to here's how much of your daily crap in an office is just base is just uh, about business communication. And yeah. we've had for a long time, we've had technologies like Google meet that are, well, here's how to hold a meeting without having to have everybody drag their butt to a central location. And that's this very simple level one sort of technical achievement. But the idea of, well, here are, here are 500 emails. <laughs> Of a, that kind of drifted on and off the topic, and if you want to say, if you, I want to just have a summary of is this project on schedule or not. If it's not, what are the bottlenecks of that schedule? And then produce a, a four or five paragraph summary of just that parts of that email conversation that gets to the meat of the meat of the problem, uh, being read by someone who was part of that email chain and say, "Yep, this all is completely familiar to me." This is definitely having having spent uh, having spent fifteen minutes scrolling through this to remind myself of the latest version of hell that this <laughs> this this email thread enca- encapsulates. I now have had two to three hours worth of work taken off my hands. So and so exactly. that's that's super super attractive. I, I can't help but it's it's hard not to get a little bit philosophical for the past month for the past several months talking about this but especially what, for us yeah no exactly because i'm because <laughs> I, I i many points over the past two or three days as i'm building the show doc that i realized that i am writing a summary and a sort of a briefing on a technology that's supposed to be able to produce summaries and briefings <laughs> 
and how much uh, how much finer is my work going to be than the work of an AI? Because this work is not necessarily. I mean, I, I all work that all writing work is creative to an extent, but yes. this is not this. There is not the the Andianatko je ne sais quoi about the about the wordsmithing here. This is basically I want to put the basic facts of this into a point mm-hmm. where we can basically take a look at this and know how we want to cover it and maybe have one or two ideas of directions that we want to go in this. This does seem like something that is ripe for an AI to handle, and I shouldn't be upset at all. Uh, that AIs are going to be able to handle this because even if I don't, I mean, I don't make my living writing these summaries, but even if that were my living, okay, maybe (laughs) if it were my living, I'd be a lot more, I'd be, I'd be very, very upset, but I'm saying that we could, you can't, you can't uh, say that this technology is bad because it puts me out of work. Uh, It helps, it helps, it'll help thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people get through their day, but it, it will be a bummer for me in the larger scale of things, you have to accept that for correct reasons, you're being selfish there. Uh, but it, but it also provokes the sort of thoughts of like, uh, we've always had this horrible and artificial distinction between skilled and unskilled labor. And it's been terrible. Mm-hmm. And it allows some of us to dismiss the, the, the skills and the talent and the efforts of other people. It, it's been used as an excuse for here's why this person shouldn't be paid very well, mm-hmm. shouldn't be given a, a schedule that allows them to have the rest of the other parts of their lives actually working. Uh, here's why we shouldn't pay them very well. Here's why we shouldn't be giving them health insurance because they're unskilled labor. And a lot of this is forcing us to reevaluate what how artificial that distinction has been. This has been up until a year ago. This is not something that anybody thought would be, anybody would be able to do. That I need I need an assistant to not just answer my emails for me, but actually to keep me on keep me on point and keep me abreast of what all these projects are and file the create and file these reports. <laughs> now this is something that uh, kind of like how uh, years ago. There years ago, you wouldn't. Uh, 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 someone who works in an office would not type their own letters; they would dictate a letter. And even if they had like a if, in the eighties when they had technology, they had a handheld like a dictaphone mm-hmm. recorder. Like they would dictate. <laughs> I, I was amazed by this until I didn't know about this until because I <laughs> I didn't work in an office in the sixties, seventies, and eighties. But the idea of uh, you you would you would dictate your letters into like a into a microcassette recorder. You would take the tape out, put it in an envelope, put it in the outbox of your desk. The next day, in the in the in the inbox would be typed letters because the steno pool or the typing pool had received that cassette, trans typed all the stuff in there, and returned them back to you in the form of fully formatted letters. And then word processing came along and electronic communications came along. And now you are a, you are yourself responsible for typing out all of your own letters. And now there is no steno pool anymore. There are no typists because those, mm-hmm. those people are no longer needed. This was, this uh, typing became, well, it was, it was, it was unskilled labor. Uh, and I, I will, I won't go on and on about it, but there are so many different ways in which used to painters used to paint, mix their own paints. You weren't a real painter unless you mixed your own paints with oils and with the, uh, with medium and, uh, and pigments. And then you could basically buy paints ready mixed. And suddenly you realize that all the time you spent learning how to mix paints yourself were unnecessary. There used to be in, in comic books, there used to be a whole uh, division that would do nothing but produce color separations where mm-hmm. a color, a colorist would 
using our traditional art tools would do all the colors on a page of comic book art, then would go out to a house that knows how to create the printing plates that would separate those into you know, cyan, magenta, yellow, and whatever K stands for, green, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I never forget that. I actually but, and, never do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and they're still they're still artists. They're still colorists. But now all the separations are being done by computer. That's another tire industry that went away. Because and it, and was not it was not unskilled labor either. It was an art to figure out how to actually pr- produce these things for printing. So this is a lot of what we're going through now. If if, if I get a little bit, if if I'm uh, if so, uh, I'm not that I ever had like sort of a backup plan. Say, well, you know what? I can just be a copywriter somewhere, just have a boring job where I just where I, I can turn off my brain from nine to five, do all kinds of really, really boring reports and technical manuals, then have the rest of the go come back home and be able to actually use my brain for real things. But I'll have I'll be paid I'll be paid and then I'll have a health plan and everything. And again, th- I stress this was not an actual plan. It's more it's more like it, it's more like when I have days like today, it's like it would be nice to go to an office. Just all I'm responsible for doing is showing up at nine, taking a lunch break at noon, mm-hmm. going back, getting back from lunch at the right time. And then I leave at five. Exactly. And so long as I do these minimal, very brain dead things, I get paid and I get all this sort of stuff. Wouldn't that be nice as opposed to being at the whim of my, what I feel is my own creativity. Uh, and we're learning that a lot of the stuff is, well, it's not something that's – again, there is no such thing as unskilled labor. It's uh, Labor is either valued or unvalued, not skilled or unskilled. Mm. And now a lot of people yeah. are scared because a lot of people in middle management are realizing that there is an AI that can do their jobs much better than they can. And there are a lot of people who uh, whose work relies on middle managers who are now scared because – you mean that now I'm going to have to generate all my own reports and I'm going to have to, I'm not going to have to maintain my own schedule. I will not have an assistant to do that for me. In addition to everything else that I have to do in my 80 hour day, 80 hour week work week, I'm also going to be, have to type my own letters. This is not a positive advancement. (sighs) It'll be nice to have some help. It'll be nice to have some help. And you know, I will say though, Google is not really marketing us as a, as a helper, as much as Microsoft is for office, um, Microsoft is actually branding their features under the name Copilot. Yeah. I thought that was, that's a nicer, it's a nice way of, you know, Oh, it's your yeah. Copilot, you know, flying with me yeah. through the air of business. <laughs> and they've been drinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're, unfortunately yeah. they're always drinking. I yeah. swear. As as 9 a.m. Those people are drinking in first class. Like I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. You're lonely. You're in the air all the time, but like, I don't need you drinking next to me. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Just kidding. I have never sat in first class before in my life. (laughs) Those of us who actually need to be drunk during this flight, the people who are crammed in between. (laughs) Exactly. Leave the alcohol for those of us in the back who only have six inches of leg room. Yeah. Are, are you, are you, I, I can't be the only one who's like, every time I hear like rumors about, oh, Apple's going to be coming out with a new largest ever 16 inch screen uh, uh, MacBook. And I'm like, great. So there's going to be someone. Where's like, it going to fit? Exactly. I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be that guy on the flight who's next to that person who is like, hey, I got six hours to fly from Boston to San Francisco. You know what? I'm going to mix my, uh, I'm going to mix this entire, uh, the, this entire movie while I'm there. And I'm sure the person next to me won't mind if I use his tray table as a mouse pad for oh god i can't even fit by the way my dell xps 15 on a trade table in economy plus because yeah. i'll always buy you know I'll, I'll pay the extra 100 to 200 sometimes to bump myself up because you know i say that's self-care 
Yes. That's self-care. Exactly. Especially on a business trip. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but let's before we, before we go off this though, let's let's also point out that the, one of the reasons why this is so uh I don't know. It wasn't a, it wasn't an embarrassing content for Google. A lot again, a lot of the stuff sounded really interesting. Uh, like again, take one of these summaries and say, "Now turn this into a into a presentation." And mm-hmm. oh wow, you got your slides and now the image generator is creating background images. Oh, that's cool. The the embarrassing thing was this was the second time this year that Microsoft like pre-announced, "Oh, by the way, we're going to have a really big like announcement uh, on Wednesday." Wednesday, we're going to be talking about all the AI features that we're bringing to Microsoft Office. Then, oh, wow. Coincidentally, after that, Google said, oh, yeah, uh, that Monday, we were also going to have a whole bunch of AI announcements about our uh, Google Office, uh, the the workspaces. (laughs) It doesn't make them seem like leaders, does it? (laughs) No, and I think it's getting a little – it's – okay, for us, it's very obvious. I don't know the consumers – and even like the business folk who are relying on this stuff are noticing this, but definitely we're noticing it. And it's, it's, it's very obvious from our purview, what is going on here. It's just a race to who can be first to bat. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to hit it out of the park. True. And that's, but, and that's, that's, that's one thing that a generative AI will never master as a skill being judgmental. We're so long as so long as we still have that exclusive to ourselves. We journalists mm. are going to be in the catbird seat. Let me let me tell depends you. Depends on who. See, it depends who the AI is uh, modeled after. If the AI is modeled after me, it will not only be judgmental; it will also be unforgiving. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I might be a little too hard on people. Um, <clears throat> we should probably take a break before I talk about some things I shouldn't on this podcast. <laughs> yes, let's. Um, let's take a quick break. Well, Samsung has been accused of pushing the marketing on some of its features, but I wasn't prepared for what unearthed this week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I came into work on Monday and I see the, the Verge and several other websites have written about this apparent Samsung moon hoax. Okay. So what happened is over the weekend, the a user by the name of iBreakPhotos, which is a person on Reddit. What they do is they go around and they're a photographer. I've sort of surmised from their profile because I went in and looked and they take lots of pictures. And I guess they were taking pictures with the Samsung Galaxy S22 Ultra, which was the first device from Samsung to introduce this moon shooting ability as Space Zoom. Ah. It was available in a couple of previous versions. Uh, They said that the last phone that introduced it was the Note 10 as part of like the scene optimizer feature. Yeah, I think I think I'm sorry, this is all going in the weeds, but exactly the the technology, I think, started with the S21. I think they started really like beating the drum. Oh, look, we've got the we're calling it space zoom because look at the beautiful. We can even take beautiful pictures of the moon. Yeah, S22, they started calling it space zoom. Yes, yes. Try to do that with Um, an iPhone. You will fail because they don't have the space zoom. iPhone does other things really great, I will say. Every phone has its thing. Uh, And you know what? Maybe maybe we'll talk about that on a members-only pod one day (laughs) because that feels like that would be a fun thing for us to do. So the controversy, according to this Reddit user and sort of blown up by the sites that covered it, 
was that Samsung was essentially lying about the ability to take photos of the moon with its phone, the ultra phone, and that what it was actually doing is using a series of AI magic to basically tell what position the moon was in when you shot it. And then it would basically overlay what it had taught the algorithm to know about the moon Mm. and overlay something closest to the shot that you took. That's how that's how I'm distilling it down as simply as I possibly can. It it is a very sort of complicated algorithm here, um, but that's yeah. essentially how it works. Is it's AI magic at the end of the day that yeah. it's not it's, enhances it's, the photo. It's not as outright as uh, the Huawei had a phone out in 2019 uh, mm-hmm. that actually like literally inside embedded in the phone were pictures of the moon that it would simply cut and paste over over the the white dot in the sky that it detected should have been the moon that now that is just simple cutting and pasting samsung says oh we've got ai magic that whiffled us that we've sprinkled all over this that's how i don't know but yeah they 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 got such a they they there was such a i don't know enough of a turmoil about this that they actually did a press release uh just today or yesterday uh, in which to explain that we're we are not cheating, we are not cheating. It's because we have advanced optics and advanced uh, computational photography features and advanced artificial intelligence. We are not cheating, uh, but it's like a 950 word press release, and then uh, after 650 words of saying it's not cheating, there's a section called uh, AI deep learning for moon object recognition, which kind of says that yeah, they're kind of cheating. I mean, they're not, they're not basically it's kind of like the way you said where no the camera did not record a fully detailed beautiful picture of the moon but it knows what the moon should look like it's uh, an ai model has been trained on like what details should be there and so it generates it generates pixels that were maybe never captured by camera man or god so we say if that's cheating well Call me a cheater, says Samsung. No, don't call me a cheater because we're really not cheating. No, we're not cheating. I will say that I have taken a photo of the moon with the Galaxy S22 Ultra. I did that last year for the review that I wrote for Gizmodo. And I did that without... I didn't edit it at all. All I did was zoom in as far as I possibly could on a really clear night and the moon was just happened to be close enough that you could see you could almost see the craters with the naked eye and so one might even say that it hits your eye like a big pizza pie on that evening exactly sorry that's amore (laughs) and, and it came out really nicely and then i ended up putting it in the review and i was like this is cool this is i can share it to social media if i want i tried taking another moon photo this year with the galaxy s23 ultra which said that it had improved algorithms yada yada and it actually, because we get a full moon, th- full moon every month, right? So I have this opportunity every month. It actually didn't even fill in the moon. When it did, it just was this bright burning ball of gas, as <laughs> the sun is. It was just this bright burning ball. Um, it, no texture, no nothing. It just looked like light coming in from the sky. And according to what Samsung had published, that's apparently because the algorithm that they trained just didn't immediately identify it as a moon. So it didn't identify it to do that like AI trickery that it does to kind of yeah. overlay what it thinks the moon is supposed to look like while it's up in the sky at your coordinates. Yeah. 
I think I think one of the reasons why like the, that Reddit investigation got such traction was because um, it really it, it did a good job of emphatically stating that there are details that it has added that were nowhere within the source photon mm-hmm. so to speak and he did it by tricking instead of instead of taking a picture of the actual moon he got a really good fo- high-res photo of the moon blurred the hell out of it mm-hmm. like in photoshop or whatever and then basically put that on his screen and then took a picture of that screen so he knew that of course he knew that this is just a heavily 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 blurred out muddy washed out picture of the moon samsung thought that it was again a picture of the sky so obviously any detail in that picture in the picture that the samsung phone took had to have been generated from somewhere before so they couldn't simply say oh well it takes 20 different exposures at different uh, at different exposure levels and then masks out uh, other parts of the photo to make sure that blah 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 which is again the first two-thirds of this press release is about all this stuff to make sure it captures as much detail as possible but that doesn't respond to the it's only that one little tiny paragraph at the very bottom that responds to the fact that yeah we added details that didn't exist before and to I me mean, to be fair this is a this is a big deal if like you're taking a picture of uh of a sunset and if there are trees in the background that weren't and there's some trees in the background and it adds some trees that weren't there before if it you're taking a picture of people and somebody is partially obscured or partially blurred and it's going to generate a face or generate sunglasses that weren't there before the moon i mean the moon is the moon is the moon like that's yeah. that, that's the sort of thing where it's i mean it's there's a reason why there's a bright side and a dark side. It does wobble a little bit, but the thing is like, you're always seeing the same features. So if you're trying to do, if you're going to sort of fake it's lowercase F fake something in a picture, it seems like a way to create an immense amount of value to the photo without creating any damage to the veracity of the photo. If that makes sense. Yep. 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 And at the end of the day, like you're still shooting this with a smartphone. Yeah, exactly. So what what are your expectations out of this? <laughs> I mean, yes, Samsung's latest phones can go up to 200 megapixels. Like that's wild. You know, they can go up to 100x digital zoom, but there is no lens. There's no glass right. on the back of that to accommodate that capability. You know, if what you really want to do is take telescopic photos of the sky, then you need to invest in the camera setup and the lens setup that will get you this sort of thing. Not, you know, yes, this is a $1,200 starting price phone, (laughs) the Galaxy S23 Ultra, um, but it's supposed to fulfill so many other things in your life. It's not just a camera. And, you know. And and on top of of this, I mean, it's the real value of a feature like this isn't, like you're not gonna you're you're not gonna be taking a super close up picture of the moon with a phone. Actually, there's there's limited value to taking it with your actual camera either. Like I have a I have a sixteen hundred dollar camera with like a two thousand dollar lens on it, and the only time I ever times I ever bother taking pictures of the moon is when there's like a blood moon or something. And even then, mm-hmm. like I struggle to say, ah, uh, let's have some like power lines in front of it or something because otherwise, this is the same picture of the moon that everybody else is trying to get tonight. Uh, moon doesn't change it just yeah, exactly up there. exactly i mean there's <laughs> it's it's uh it would be what, what would what would have been really cool is the what we like about the moon in a picture is that sometimes it really does strike you that wow it's a full moon and it's a really clear sky and wow this uh, this uh, uh, i i'm i'm here at the uh 
uh, an iconic bridge in the city and the moon is hanging mm. low over this bridge or hey it's hanging yes. here's here here we are like outside in the backyard with my family and there's the moon in the sky and just maybe it's really happy and blah 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 it would wouldn't it be it would be completely fair and no one could complain about it if there were in the photo editing app it's, there, there's literally a button mark restore the moon <laughs> in which we know that here's the picture that this camera actually took if you like, and I noticed that there's something that seems to be a moon up there <laughs> and there isn't any detail, of course, because I'm simply a humble phone, sir. But if you'd like, <laughs> I can synthesize an accurate uh, image of what the moon looked like that night, even knowing that it was a, a, a waxing gibbous moon. Uh, right, right. Knowing that it's, yeah, it's this this time of the day, this, excuse me, this time of the year and it'll be wobbling the right. I'll make sure that it looks really, really good, but I want you to know before I create something that isn't there that I'm telling you about it. You know. Yeah, I agree. I really do. That in, you're right. The only time I ever take a picture of the moon with my phone is when it's reflect. It's bright enough that it's reflecting off the water because I can kind of see the water from my backyard. Yeah. Which, by the way, I have taken that photo with the iPhone. It does a very good job. Yes, they're all really good. <laughs> I mean, all, like all the flagship, there. all the 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 big three flagships: Samsung, Google, Apple. Right now, they all take phenomenal photos. The difference between them is like color temperature um, and like post-processing. How much? Right. I think Samsung still does the most. Uh, Google also does a lot of that. Oh, that's the other thing, Andy, is I didn't understand why we were all up in arms about this because like this is how you are sell phones to the general public. Maybe Samsung should have been a little less hyperbolic about how the space zoom actually works. Maybe they should have put out that white paper for the English speaking audience last year. So what they actually did, by the way, with the press release they put out this week is they repackaged a white paper that they had put out for the Korean user audience. Um, well, I, know I you know, I didn't know to look on the Korean Samsung site for that. Right. Because, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, cause, cause I can translate, I can translate any language through the browser, which we is did not, fine. In, but in the, I, I if you don't know where to look, I did not apply my own for apostle requirement metric of diligence. I for that I, I failed. Yes. Well, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to Google that, by the way, because if you don't speak the language negatively, excuse me, if you don't speak the language natively, um, it's not going to come up in your search terms. It's yeah. it's very hard to find stuff in other languages, as I have tried in Romanian, for instance, a language that I am like very slightly literate in. <sighs> anyway, TLDR, <laughs> stop complaining. It's just a smartphone. <laughs> That's how I feel about that. Um, Again, we have this miraculous handheld pocket-sized computer that works miracles and solves problems in our lives that are real actual problems. We're complaining, though, that <laughs> we're going to forget what the moon looks like <laughs> unless – because <laughs> this is an AI generated mood. I mean, if we're going to complain about the space zoom, let's also complain about magic eraser. Okay. See, see again, another thing that is, a, that is a feature that you have to actually like select and enable. It's like, it's just select and enable. Yeah. If, you, <laughs> if there was an AI again, trained on like gen X developers that said, ah, oh, God, that guy is so lame. I'm just going to remove him from the picture and not tell, not, not tell the user about it. Like, uh, he's, this man is 26 years old. He's still wearing a backwards baseball. I, I'm, I'm just going to erase that guy completely. That's, I can't even <laughs> screw that guy. 
my husband wore a backward baseball cap yesterday and I was like, what are you doing? It's so weird. You never do that. I shouldn't. Because nobody I'm does it in this timeline. I, I know. I, sh- I shouldn't judge. It's just that there, uh, do, you, do you have the same sort of phenomenon inside your head where if uh, I will go, <laughs> I am I am close enough to perfection as a human being to know that, hey, that dude who's walking around with a backward baseball cap does not need me to say, hi, you should not be doing that. I'm going to, it's my opinion. I'm going to keep that opinion to myself. I am not, I am, my imperfection, however, is not, is great enough that I am thinking those things, even though I probably shouldn't even be thinking it's like, dude can leave, dude can lead his own life. Exactly. <laughs> although, I, although I should say that, 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 that hockey, that collegiate hockey player who pushed the someone's wheel, empty wheelchair oh, down God. a flight of steps. Of course, he was wearing a backwards baseball cap. I think a lot of <laughs> one third of the comments on that video were, "Of course, he was wearing a backwards baseball cap. He should have five years added to his sentence just for wearing the backwards baseball cap." Ah, <laughs> uh, goodness gracious! Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do want to get into our next bit before we start to close out here. I'm going to say that we're going to talk a little bit about more. I'm going to say we're going to talk a little more about this in our members only episode, which is airing right after this for those of you who are signed up at relay.fm slash membership. Um, but we're, we're going to get it started now. We're going to get the convo started now as a little bit of a tease. Um, my YouTube TV bill is going up to $73 a month. And that does not include what I pay for HBO, which is an additional $16 on top of that. Mm. And never mind the other third-party streaming services that I'm also paying for. I'm not happy about this. So no, no warning, by the way. So no warning from YouTube TV. Instead, what happened is today I wake up, I feel sick. Um, Mona was up all night last night. She got up every single hour and I'm sick. So we all felt like crap. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to take it easy this morning before I log in for work. I tried to take it easy this morning. What happens, Andy? What happens is that I have people, I have lovely folks in my Discord, I have Twitter, I have social media, I have my email all popping off about this price increase that is coming to YouTube TV. People are not happy about it. (laughs) And for good reason, because we were promised this idea of being able to pay a la carte for only the things we wanted to watch. And uh, come to find out that that's actually not possible. That is not a business model that the publishing houses, the TV studios, the movie studios, that is not something that they are going to allow. Instead, they will only allow YouTube and its competitors to buy these things in bulk. I will say that it's not just YouTube increasing its pricing. Uh, Sling TV is increasing its pricing. Fubo TV, Hulu TV with live TV, um, Yes, I believe those are the ones that are all going up to about 70, between 73 and $75 a month, which is making me think that this is just how much it costs to have all these channels available to people. And and it's kind of galling because I had to remind myself of what channels do you get, what channels are included with YouTube TV. The golf channel. I don't watch the golf channel. Exactly. It's like I'm I'm scrolling through and I – like maybe one out of every six of these icons represents Hallmark? a channel that I didn't ask for Hallmark. I'm a lifetime yeah. girl. Give me lifetime instead. That's the, the kind of smut that I want on my TV. <laughs> the Dove Channel. I'm guessing religion because that's that sounds like a code code word for like. Here's the other thing, Andy. 
And I was complaining about this to my editor while she was editing my piece today because I did write about this for Gizmodo. I was telling her, I said, like, I have hidden all of these channels that I don't want to see. Like yep. most of them, by the way, are sports channels. I'm sorry to the sports lovers out there, but like I, the whole point of me getting into YouTube is because it cost $35 a month when I first signed up in 2017. And that got me Bravo TV and E and the, and TLC, which were the three smut channels. I call it smut. <laughs> which is three garbage channels that I was paying for. <laughs> I, th- I, I think just wanted- uh, I just I just love the fact that like <laughs> you went, the next one you went to was garbage. <laughs> that, that's that's good because <laughs> I, I, I you know they're 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 Twinkies are garbage. We enjoy Twinkies as well. TLC's gotten really egregiously lately with uh, so that's why I, I can only call it garbage. Uh, but yes, yeah, so you know I wanted to just pay for the stuff that was giving me the reality TV that I was paying for thirty dollars a season. And that was getting kind of like, I was like, I'm really tired of paying 20 to $30 a season for every TV season that I want to watch and a day after. And you weren't always even guaranteed it would be a day after. Sometimes Google Play would be delayed and then I couldn't read Reddit yet because I didn't want anything to spoil. Because, yes. you know, it's it's part of my TV watching experience, dang it. Yep. Well, now, now I'm paying $75 a month. For access to everything that I never wanted. Like, I don't want NFL. I don't want basketball. I don't, I don't want golf. I don't want these like cable, cable news. I've hid all the cable news, like MSNBC and Fox news. Both of them to me are, I don't want it in my house. I don't want it on my TV. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, that's so much money. Doesn't it? It's yeah. Ninety dollars for me. Ninety dollars yeah. after taxes. And it wouldn't be so bad if these were all channels that you, if, if you had put together an a la carte of all the channels that you want, including, and that ninety dollars included, including HBO. like Disney, let's say for a yeah, moment, it's like, right? And yeah, exactly. And there are a lot of kids like they're they're like the kids version of uh of the Cartoon Network, or I think they call it something else. But, but yeah, yeah. But yeah, and they say there is a. Um, I didn't. I, I don't subscribe. Uh, we'll find, in the bonus episode. We'll find out why. But uh, they so. They, but uh, I did read the tweet they put out, uh, and they're saying that uh, uh, blaming blaming rising content costs, and also mentioning that gosh, they're just investing so gosh darn much money in the quality of the service that they have to pass some of that along to you. And yikes! It's like I. They, they'll the the world the businesses will find a way to get you no matter what. And it's like, uh, like, yeah, it, it was a, it was a fine idea at 35 bucks a month. That was a fine idea. Again, again, the idea of a DVR that works on whatever phone you've got that for a lot of people, I'm sure that's cool. And to be fair, you, you're still competing with like the evil bastard cable companies that are like, Oh, you so you want you want cable box you can actually tune in well that is fifteen dollars a month oh you don't want to navigate the menus by walking up to cable box and using the d-pad you want the remote control another eight dollars a month oh boy so it's yeah they they find a they find a way to make you sure, make sure Comcast. They, uh, yeah it's it's disappointing that that YouTube. It's it's disappointing that Google keeps finding ways to disappoint people all in the same year. You know, 
I'm taking some solace in the fact that they weren't the only ones to do the price increase. Yeah, true. But I definitely, I def- we're going to talk about this more in the members only up, but I definitely need to reconsider what it is that my family is really watching. Or maybe what I do is I stop paying for things like Paramount Plus. Yeah. Maybe I stop paying for Disney Plus and I just record whatever YouTube TV is offering me through the Disney Channel and what's on demand because YouTube TV does have a good on-demand library that you unlock. It's not everything that you would get on the other streaming services, but it's it's good enough. It was good enough for me. Um, so I don't know. That's a conversation I'm going to have to have with the family this weekend. <laughs> and by the way, as it is right now, Mona's not even watching YouTube TV. She watches YouTube kids and everything on there is whitelisted. So the Disney she watches on there, the Nickelodeon that she watches on there, it's all because we whitelisted it on the parental accounts. So she can't just, so. she, she can't just watch any, uh, any, uh, streaming chat, excuse me. Ah, now we're using channels interchangeably in any a, a streaming TV. service. Yeah. Well, not me, uh, but the but the YouTube kids we're talking about uh, the account that actually s- provides the content. Right. Yeah. Like you can't just so, watch so, any so we're not, channel. So we're, okay. Great. So so it's, it's yeah. YouTube kids. It's YouTube. But right. Got it. Yeah. That's. That, that but Eric, like, Eric and I enable it from our end. So right. we go. Okay. You can watch. You can watch Blippy as much as he annoys me. You can watch him. <laughs> you know. You can you can watch Blues Clues. Here's a Blues Clues channel. And like I'm finding all that stuff. They make it free for the kids anyway. Like you don't have to actually pay for it. Yeah. And there's no ads on YouTube Kids. So. As as I said before, the one way to get an extra eight dollars out of money. me every month is to give me an ad free version. I will. I will. I will find ways. I will. I will. I will walk along the streets collecting recyclable cans and glass if that's what it takes for me to find that extra eight dollars to never see a single ad like on a certain channel. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in our members only bit for now. I think, Andy, it's time for us to wrap this up and say our goodbyes. I think you're quite correct. Yes. Um, Thanks for talking to me about AI today. It's so nice that our podcast was not AI generated. Exactly. I, you Mm -hmm. know, I was, I was. All organic material. Yeah, I know. I was, I've I've been been messing around with the new chat GPT-4. And so I was tempted to say, well, what if I take this entire, like really, 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 really long article and try to, I just want to see how it would summarize it. And I, I didn't. Because that's not that's not part of my workflow. I don't trust it yet, and I don't want to see exactly how replaceable I am. Let's, anyway, can we can we not do that yet? Because I just I feel like this <laughs> is something I, you know how, I just don't want to kill the innocence for me. You know, True. it's a very problematic statement, and I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yes, the only anecdote I could come up with. Anyway, if you are interested in hearing the members only episode, you can go to relay.fm slash membership or relay.fm slash material to learn more. Uh, Also, if you go to our special place on the internet at the relay.fm slash material URL, you will find all of our past show notes and uh, episodes there that you can listen to as well as links to where you can find Andy and I on the internet. Andy, by the way, are you doing radio this week? Uh, not this week. I got, uh, Ooh, this, this would be a great dramatic pull quote. Like we'll put, we'll put like in the, in the, in the header. It's like, Oh, I, I, I got canceled last week. Oh, like, Jesus. 
I meaning meaning that like I was supposed to be on last week, but there was breaking news, and so I had my appearance last week was canceled. So I'm off this week, but I'm on uh, next week. And if you're in Boston, I'm going to be at the studios of the Boston Public Library Friday at twelve thirty. Uh, and the fact that it's in the studios means that it'll also be on YouTube. So the free version of YouTube. Thank you very much. Uh, so <laughs> go to WGBH News uh, or WGBH.org uh, for links to all that kind of stuff. Yay! Thank you, Andy. Um, by the way, I'm waiting for you to pop up on the WGBH TikTok account <laughs> to have to let them know that I'm waiting for you over there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll, bring, I'll, I'll bring a whole half pound of cinnamon. Or, oh, I'm sorry. That was four years ago, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, yes. As for me, uh, flowrights.tech will take you to my Gizmodo author page. You can read all the stuff I've been writing. And um, I have a Discord. I'll put a link in the show notes if you'd like to come join us. We have a lovely little community, lots of techies, lots of nerds, and we all we all love and admire each other, which is nice. Uh, I guess that's it for now, Andy. Mm. Until next week. Hey there, hi there. Goodbye. Hey there. Yeah. Oh there. All right. <laughs> Thanks to our editor, Jim, for making us sound great this week. And we'll be back next. Until then, everybody, be safe, be happy, be healthy. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.